This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Julia Jacobs. It's the last Monday of the month, so time for a catch-up with our collaborators from the environmental journalism portal Makaranga for a chat about top environmental news from the month past while also looking forward to some interesting events in the coming month. So Yahua can't join us today, but I am joined by the lovely Wong Siu Lin, co-founder of Makaranga. Uh, and we're set to discuss a few topics, mainly harsher penalties for water pollution, the Penang Nature-Based Climate Adaptation Program, uh, which is a nature adaptation initiative for the urban areas of Penang. We're going to discuss what that's all about. And looking forward, there are several thematic days coming up in March, um, all related to the environment. But we're going to focus on a couple of them. World Wildlife Day on the 3rd of March and International Day of Forest on the 21st of March. Welcome, Celine. How are you today? I'm fine. Thank you. Lovely to have you on the show. Uh, so, yes, my God, the months just fly by, right? It feels like we we're just chatting. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a short month uh, this month, isn't it? So, That's true. That's yeah. True. yeah. Anyway, so um, let's go straight to our first topic. So, uh, the Natural Resources, Environment and Climate Change Minister, Nick Nazmi, Nick Ahmad, uh, recently proposed increasing the punishment for water pollution from 100,000 ringgit to 10 million ringgit and the maximum jail time from one year to 15 years or both, right? And, Sulia, correct me if I'm wrong, we have several laws, don't we, on water pollution? Um, but you know, it all involves sort of different enforcement agencies and laws. Would that be correct? In, would I be correct in saying that? Um, well, well, certainly. I think the, the key one would be the Department of Environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, uh, previous to this, so so maybe a little bit of history first. Uh, the Environmental Quality Act One Two Seven was amended last year in October, mm-hmm. uh, and there's one section, Section Twenty Five, that deals with pollution of inland waters. Yeah. So there also they raised the fines from uh, 50,000 to 10 million ringgit. And before this imprisonment was not mandatory, but now it is. Uh, And of course, the fines were were much smaller then. Mm -hmm. So that was a a very welcome move. And I think a lot of people thought, yes, uh, this is something that needs to be done. We need to really, really punish uh, the people who are polluting our rivers, uh, which are supplying uh, our, our water to, you know, like households, to factories, and uh, and now it's not enough. So uh, the ministry wants to propose to amend the Water Services Act. Now this is to, as you said, increase it uh, by by a lot more from 100,000 ringgit to uh, 10 million ringgit, right? Mm-hmm. And it's going to be tabled in uh, June. So yes, Malaysians have been suffering from water cuts uh, due to water source contamination. And remember in Klang Valley, right? Uh, we in Klang Valley uh, in September 2020, we had to queue for water. Oh, gosh, uh, yes. It lasted six days, you know, so yeah. people are really fed up of this. So uh, I guess the thing is that like our harsher penalties the way forward. Um, in Selangor, actually, they said they also, the Selangor state government also increased the penalties and they say that the number of water disruptions has actually increased. Uh, part of it is that. The other part is education, as well as a lot of uh, sort of programs working with uh, maybe communities by rivers, by factories and all that to, to make sure that, you know, water pollution is lessened. But I think the biggest thing really is uh, enforcement. Mm. You know, I think there was uh, also a proposal by the Selangor state government to buy, I don't know how many million ringgit worth of drones to sort of monitor. Again, you know, manpower is a big, big issue when it comes to government agencies. And, you know, we both Yahoo and I have heard many times at conferences, right, and in interviews that the Department of Environment, who are the, 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 the main sort of enforcement agency, 
um, both at federal as well as at the state level, are severely lacking in staff. Mm. So they can't, they just can't get around to everyone. I mean, you know, so yes, you do need an, uh, sort of awareness and education programs. Yes, you do need very, very stiff fines. Um, but then you also need uh, money to be to go into enforcement agencies, you know. Mm. So um, capacity, I think, is one of the things that we'd like money to see money go into as well. Yeah. So I guess, you know, we have the laws, right? I mean, I think we always say this, we have the laws, but we just don't have the enforcement. And, you know, for the enforcement agencies themselves, they are suffering, right? They can't, they just cannot do it. It's, it's, it's a huge undertaking. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's good news, you know, that you, you make it, you, you sort of increase it by a lot. Although some people say maybe it's too much and it might lead to, you know, temptations to sort of uh, try and cut corners, you know. Mm. Maybe, I don't know. But, you know, the, the, the penalties are there. Uh, I think everyone wants to see these guys really, really severely punished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's just very easy to do, isn't it? So, it's, yeah, we really need that enforcement. Okay. Um, and just moving on to our next topic. So, uh, now we're heading over to Penang. And again, you know, this is um, the, the minister um, was recently in Penang to launch this. It's the Penang Nature-Based Climate Adaptation Plan. Uh, and he described it as a promising concept, perhaps even a game changer, something that could serve as a model for Malaysian urban areas across the, across the country in fighting climate change. Can you tell us more about this? Well, it tells itself as Malaysia's first nature-based climate adaptation program. Uh, it has four components, um, urban greening, stormwater management, social resilience and institutional capacity. So as you can see, it's very comprehensive. It's also, uh, it also takes a very collaborative approach, right? So it addresses both environmental as well as the social dimensions of climate change. Uh, so it's a pilot project, it's in Penang, uh, focused on you know the urban uh, around Georgetown basically, uh, and and basically it's also a framework, a municipal framework, right, for climate adaptation. Uh, the hope is that it can be scaled up, it can be adapted in other cities in Malaysia, right? Um, so what are the, some of the things that that this adaptation program hope? What are some of the issues related to climate change that this adaptation pro- program is hoping to address? Uh, so floods. Number one, of course, you know, that's mm-hmm. a big thing that everybody is suffering from, just like water pollution. Um, that, but they also want to tackle uh, this thing called urban heat islands. Uh, so it's a big thing in cities because there's too much buildup, not yeah. enough greenery. Then it gets very much hotter in c- cities compared to just even the outskirts of cities, right? Um, then for the social element, it actually addresses vulnerable segments of society, including girls and women. So there's a gender element to it. Yeah? Right. And of course, the big one, institutional capacity. So one of the things that it, it wants to do is to create a Penang climate board within the city council. It wants to create a public health program. Uh-huh. So, so these are all very interesting concepts and it's really getting municipal on board, a really, really local local government on board to do something about climate change. Yeah? Um, then, of course, the, big, the other big thing, where, who's funding this, mm. right? Uh, so the studies have been going on for a while uh, and the funding actually comes from the Adaptation Fund. Now, this was established under the Kyoto Protocol of the UNFCCC, the uh, Framework Convention on Climate Change here. Yeah? Um, and, and again, comprehensive and collaborative. There are tons of partners, Think City, UN Habitat, the state governments of Penang, Majlis Bandaraya, uh, Nahrim, uh, the Department of Irrigation and Drainage. Uh-huh. Now then you have the Ministry of Education coming in as well uh-huh. to do the sort of education and school program component. Um, and uh, university, USM is in there, University of Science Malaysia, Jabatan Lanska. 
and of course the Penang Green Council. Yeah, so, so it's it's a, it's a very interesting to see um, uh, how it it sort of like pans out and whether this can be adapted in, in other places or not. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be very interesting, right? Uh, as a as a case study, lab, pretty much, right? To see whether it can work. And wow, what a massive collaboration! That's wonderful. Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, information actually on their website, on the Think City uh, website, and we're going to put it up on our blog once this, uh, you know, one, once we put this uh, recording on our blog as well. Okay, all right, we'll we'll keep a lookout for that. Um, and just sort of looking forward, um, March, so many thematic days, right? Really, yeah, this the, period is really it's like, crazy. You know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> <environment> galore. <laughs> we were talking about water pollution. I mean, World Rivers Day is so coming up, but let's mm-hmm. focus on a couple uh, for for our show. So World Wildlife Day, right? And that's on the third of March. I understand that was chosen because of um, the, it's the birthday of CITES, actually, because um, uh, it was signed on the 3rd of March, 1973. Huh, I got you there, a bit of trivia I there. I did not know that. Yeah, <laughs> that's so interesting. So yeah, the 50th uh, 50th anniversary of that signing. I mean, of course, it only became effective in uh, 75, but never mind. Anyway, so um, the theme for this year is partnerships in wildlife conservation. I think we've both of us through our work know that is a huge part. You know, if anything to do with wildlife conservation, you have to work together with so many different groups, right? Exactly. And I think, you know, people still think, you know, the government, it's it's under the purview of government. Mm. It's, you know, the scientists are the ones who are doing it. The rangers are doing it, you know, but basically the responsibility is everyone's, you know, uh, and also beyond uh, national borders as well, you know, yeah. it, because like yeah, CITES, you mentioned CITES, right? So yeah. that's international trade. Uh, the world is connected. So <laughs> uh, enforcers basically can monitor everything. Scientists need, uh, you know, this, this whole thing about citizen science. We need eyes and ears all over the place. So partnerships are key. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to one of our stories that we've just published. And I know you had um, Kanita from Traffic On to talk about songbird trade. Yeah. So, yeah. So talk about partnerships. Yes. So again, just as with the, the river pollution, we have laws being enacted. In this case, it's international trade regulations uh, where we had two songbirds in Malaysia, which are threatened, mm-hmm. listed in CITES. Uh, partnerships, Malaysia proposed this together with Singapore is fantastic. Uh, but the story sort of focuses on one of the species. It's called the white rumped Sharma, mm-hmm. and it's popular in bird singing competitions. Uh, a lot of it's being smuggled to Indonesia because the forests in Indonesia have been depleted pretty much of, of this bird. Uh, very popular for bird singing competitions. So, um, you know, now that we've got scientists there, local breeder sellers need to work together with Perhiletan to curb illegal activities, you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, anybody sees anything, I'm just going to give a shout out to the, the, the hotline for crime reporting. It's one 800 885 So just give them a call if you see any sort of illegal activity happening. Yeah, I remember when I was speaking to Kanita, uh, I had just been reading, you know, folks here in the Taman Rimba Kiara, so the Bukit Kiara sort of area also spotted people, um, you know, trapping birds, but they were carrying wow. parangs, la, so they didn't know what to do. But, Gosh. you know, we, we need call to the number. call yeah. the number, you know, surreptitiously take a photo and call the number, yeah. right? So, yeah, that's something we should really keep, you know, keep that number in our speed dial. Um, and of course, um, International Day of Forest. So that's on the 21st of March. The theme for this year is Forests and Health. Um, the call is for giving, not just taking, you know, because healthy forests will bring healthy people. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, so Malaysia, by and large, still thinks of forests as an economic res- resource. You yeah, know? yeah. But but again, COVID, you know, and, and how global and how severe it was, you know, brings to fore, 
you know, how important it is to stop spillover effects that a lot, you know, the viruses and all that come from the forest. And if you cut back on the forest, your health, as well as the forest health, is going to be impacted. So we need to carefully manage our forests. We need to carefully manage our water resources uh, to ensure that, you know, we, we minimize any kind of disease spillover. Um, yeah, so this this note came from Yaohua Forest, so important for our health and not just because we feel better after hiking in one. That's a special <laughs> message Yaohua. from Yaohua. <laughs> but again, uh, yeah, so, so, so we have another big forest story coming up as well. So uh, just to give a shout out for that as well, we're going to be looking at uh, forest data as well. So we've been doing uh, extracting stories or sort of like formulating stories based on uh, 20 years of uh, forest data that we've been looking at quite closely. Mm-hmm. And basically, um, the data is quite messy. Uh, again, we're focused on Peninsula Malaysia because it's just good to have a focus. Uh, yeah. Sabah and Sarawak, as everyone knows, has their own forest uh, legislation and you know things are done a little bit different in Sabah and Sarawak so we focus basically on Peninsula Malaysia um, and, and data is messy so and there's huge implications there for floods and protecting biodiversity so uh, watch out for that uh, that's going to come out uh, hopefully next month. next month in March itself yeah Okay. All right. Well, thanks so much, Yulin, uh, you know, for, for joining me today. Uh, I've been speaking to Wong Yulin, co-founder of Makaranga. If, you, uh, if you'd like to read those articles that, um, you know, are going to come out and all the previous articles that Makaranga have, um, have released, just head to their website. It's makaranga.org or you can follow them on social media as well. If you miss any part of our, our conversation today, just search for the podcast at bfm.my slash earth or find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.